0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson show across the nation. The phone number, if you would like to be a part of this year program is 877 eight, seven, seven, nine, seven, three, seven, four, two, five. Um, y'all, I gotta, I gotta listen. Um, don't call Charlie. You can, you can just wait till the bottom of the hour to open the phone lines. We, we, I I didn't, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm struggling today. I got up this morning, actually a, so I'm a columnist for world magazine and uh, the editor called this morning and said, could you possibly write a column on, uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom has started a new scorecard. To judge the commitment to religious freedom and free speech from the uh, social and financial businesses in the Fortune 1000, it's a it's a it's a great um, it's a great scorecard they've come up with. And I said I will gladly do something. They call it their viewpoint diversity scorecard. The website, if you want to see it, is viewpointdiversityscore.org. And I had it to him by 9.30. He says, I can't believe your turnaround time on this. I said, I didn't want to do show prep because I know what show prep is going to entail. Now I have to get to the hard part of the show out of the gate. You need to know these things. Let's deal with what we now know about the Uvalde, Texas school shooting. And my apologies out of the gate for what I'm about to tell you because it makes my stomach churn. And if it makes my stomach churn, it's definitely going to make your stomach churn. Here's what we know. The shooter was known by all to have serious problems. He would cut up his face with a knife. No one did anything. He was unemployed. His mother was a drug addict. His father was nowhere to be seen. Where the hell did he get the money to buy two rifles and all that ammo? Nobody knows. The school safety officer did nothing, nothing to stop him from entering the school. Just like in the Parkland high school situation, the school safety officer did nothing. Not only that, this is, this is where it gets dark, and I apologize. The police waited 35 to 60 minutes outside the school with parents screaming for them to do something, and they did nothing. What they did instead of going into the school to stop the shooter was tase parents and arrest parents. Blocking parents from going in to try to stop him. When they entered the school, instead of trying to stop the shooter, they went to check on their own kids. They couldn't open the door to the room where the shooter was killing the kids. A school employee had to come with a key to unlock the classroom where he was murdering the kids. The school resource officer was armed and did not stop the shooter from entering the school. The SWAT team for Uvalde, Texas did a walkthrough of the school in February just to be on the safe side and then ignored every lesson. when the police entered the classroom with the help of someone to unlock the door because they wouldn't unlock the door. They didn't shoot the shooter. The shooter killed more kids while the police watched. This is from one of the press reports. The boy and four others hid under a table that had a tablecloth over it, which may have shielded them from the shooter's view and saved their lives. The boy shared what happened. When the police came, the police said, yell if you need help, and one of the people said, help. The guy overheard and came in and shot her. The police barged into that classroom. The guy shot at the police, and the police started shooting. and then the police began to lie the police lied about the timeline the police lied about the timeline there's no video initial reports by police that they pursued and pinned down the shooter in the classroom Were false in reality, the shooter had plenty of time to enter the school unobstructed by the school safety personnel and locked himself inside the classroom before murdering the parents or murdering the children. The police, meanwhile, stood outside and began tasing parents and arresting them and did nothing other than stop the parents for 35 minutes. This is outrageous. I'm sorry. That's outrageous. That is outrageous. This community spent 40% of its city budget on a police force that instead of stopping a murderer, tased the parents who were trying to go stop the murderer. They had an armed school resource officer who did nothing. Left was right. The good guys with guns didn't stop the bad guy with a gun. They didn't even try. And when they went into the room where the shooter was, they didn't try to stop him by putting a bullet in him. They yelled out for the kids, said, The police are here. Yell if you need help. And when the kids did, the guy turned and shot the kids. It makes my blood boil. I apologize for the dead air. I'm struggling. It's just infuriating. They tased parents who were willing to do what the police would not do, charge into the school and kill a bad guy. They all of the lessons from Columbine High School, you know, in Columbine High School, one of the lessons learned is that the, the reason the Columbine High School shooting was so brutal was because the kids were inside being slaughtered and the police set up a security perimeter instead of storming in. This is outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. I hate to come in here today and have to tell you all of this. I hate to tell you that. I hate to have to tell you That the police in a community chose violence against parents who were trying to save their kids instead of violence against the man who was killing their kids. I hate to tell you that the first reaction of the police were not to save lives, but to go check on their own kids, make sure they were safe first before even engaging I hate to tell you that when the police entered the room, they called out for the kids instead of disarming or killing the shooter, and that gave the shooter time to kill more kids before he himself got killed. And I hate to tell you that the school had armed security personnel who let the guy in the building didn't stop him. Systemic failures. The parents would take action, and they wouldn't. I I, I, I know a lot of police officers. Here, here's what I'm really struggling with. I know a lot of police officers, many of them former military. I don't know a single one who would have stood outside the school instead of running in. In times of crisis, we see the character of people. And in this crisis, we see that there were a lot of people getting a government paycheck to be a police officer who never expected to meet evil. And when they confronted evil, they didn't want to confront it. I, I got nothing. How many kids would be alive? But for that. and I got to tell you something. The Democrats position on the politics of this is we need to ban the guns. You're not going to ban the guns. You're not going to. You don't have the votes. You don't have the Constitution. you can't you can't get rid of the Second Amendment. It would take two-thirds of both houses of Congress and three-quarters of the states. You don't have the votes. You're not going to ban the guns because you don't have 60 votes in the Senate and you can't get rid of the filibuster. Do you want a solution or more dead kids? Do you want to campaign on dead kids or do you want to stop kids from dying? And, you know, there are ways to stop the kids from dying, to stop the school shootings That don't involve confiscating the guns. Part of the problem with dealing with this issue is we have intellectual inbreeding on the left, where that they have no diversity of ideas, they have no recognition of the diversity of ideas, they have no desire for diverse ideas. They only want one thing, get rid of the guns. The one thing they can't do, that's all they want to do. And so they are left with an intellectual inbreeding where they can only do one thing and it cannot be done legally, constitutionally, and they refuse to consider any other options. There are plenty of other options. and We will talk about the options. But before we talk about those options, you needed to know. For 35 minutes... The police stood outside the Uvalde Elementary School, Rob Elementary, while the shooter was shooting children, and instead the police tasered the parents who wanted to go save lives. That's what we now know happened. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing and I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use and now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, More importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, You can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You could even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, They've got the number one ranked automated investment tool. Their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account that's... SOFI.com slash Eric brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC member Finra Cipic. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. I'm opening the phone lines now. Eight, seven, seven, nine, seven, three, seven, four, two, five. I want to pitch to you my email list in all candor seriousness. If you text show to 33777, you can get the podcast, you can get the live stream, but also the bottom link is my daily email. And in a little while, I recorded my opening monologue against my better judgment. And we're going to put it into the Substack newsletter. And you should subscribe so you get it this afternoon. We'll, we're going to make it available to everyone because you need to share it with everybody. Because you need to know. Because you need to know that, that this was preventable or mitigatable, if that's a word. They could mitigate it. They could have prevented I mean, this kid clearly had serious issues. He was cutting up his face. People knew there were problems and nobody did anything. This is a repeating pattern constantly that everybody knew and nobody did anything. And then when he got there, I mean, this is y'all, there's a book about Columbine. And now I can't remember the name of the book, but there was a book about Columbine. I read it's been years ago that I read it. There's an investigative journalist who reviewed what happened at Columbine. Now, for those of you who don't know, Columbine was a shooting in Columbine, Colorado, And it happened during the assault weapons ban. Happened during the assault weapons ban. And it was horrific. And these boys, just completely possessed by the devil, they go into this high school and they begin killing their peers. And they aren't using assault weapons, so-called ARs. They're they're not doing it. They've got shotguns with a big spread they got i think some handguns i believe they had homemade bombs to blow up the school and the police instead of charging in to stop them set up a perimeter so they were inside you could hear the guns going off you could hear the kids dying inside and the police wouldn't go in and that was one of the lessons learned from columbine is you storm the building you get in there and you you may die in the process But you stop those guys that you are on the payroll, you are paid, you storm the building and you stop them. And um, they learned, except Uvalde, Texas. They didn't learn. They didn't learn jack. They didn't do anything. Uh, They didn't respond the way they were supposed to respond. I don't know that I've been this mad about a story in a long time. And I always tell you guys to not get yourself worked up. I, I, I don't know how you can't get worked up about this. We pay for police to keep us safe. And in this case, they went after the parents instead of saving their kids and then went into the high school or went into the elementary school and checked on their kids while the killer was still killing kids. Every second counted, and they squandered every second. I'm getting emails here from members of the law enforcement community who are furious. They should be. We should all be. And then to have that idiot Beto O'Rourke Try to turn it into a political stunt yesterday. What are we going to do about guns? You're not going to do anything about guns. You know why you're not going to do anything about guns? Because despite all of the polling that shows Americans want gun restrictions, when you actually poll the individual restrictions, they all fail. There's there's not public support. There is public support generally for the idea of restrictions on guns. But when you ask the public what restrictions they actually support, nobody supports any of the restrictions that are proposed. In fact, most Americans believe you can never completely stop what's happening, uh, and so it's better to mitigate than it is to try to ban guns. And this... Could have been stopped in hindsight. In hindsight, it's all in hindsight. We'll open up the phone lines now, but before I take your calls, I want to throw out some solutions, actual real solutions that could pass Congress if Congress put their mind to it. 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Across the nation, the phone number is 877-973. 973-7425, if you want to be on the program, we could spend all day on the screw-ups and the problems in Uvalde, Texas, and we could spend all day arguing about gun control. But here is the reality, and and I, I'm I need to look directly at this live stream camera. We're not actually live streaming; we're recording. But um, you'll be able to get the videos uh, if you subscribe to Substack, to my Substack, or YouTube, or wherever. Here, here's the reality: you're not going to get gun control. You know, poll after poll comes out and says Americans support restrictions on guns, but you know the reality is our system is not a pure democracy. You have a Senate where each state gets two senators and some states are so opposed to any of the measures the left proposes, you can't get it through the Senate. You don't actually even have a majority vote in the Senate. It's not even the filibuster. You don't have 50 votes in the Senate plus Kamala Harris's tiebreaker to get done what the left wants even among Democrats in the Senate, between Angus King and John Tester and Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, you, you don't have those votes. You might have votes for some more expanded background checks, but then you can't get to 50 votes or 60 rather to get over the filibuster. It is, I call it intellectual inbreeding. On the left, the only solution to school shootings is gun control. And you can say that on the right, the only solution is no gun control. It's other stuff. The problem is you are not living in reality. In the real world, where we all live, the reality is you got to have 60 votes in the Senate for gun control and you don't have it. And even then, you've got the Second Amendment and a Supreme Court. You don't have the votes for gun control, Democrats. So do you want more dead kids? or do you want to think differently? And the problem is in the intellectual inbreeding of the left, there is no diversity of thought on the issue. It is single-minded. It's like an Alabama family tree. Uh, You got one thing, one, one straight line, and it all goes to gun control. That's it. That is the only, only solution here, except it's not the solution that can pass. So what do you do? You know, one solution a number of people have proposed in, in light of the, the uh, school safety personnel who didn't stop, who was armed but didn't even attempt, apparently, to stop the shooter. We got a lot of retired veterans in this country who have been in combat, many of whom I think would be perfectly fine at retirement, taking up positions in schools around the country as the school safety personnel. Why aren't we developing a program for retirees, parents who served in the military to take those positions? They've been in combat. They've been in harm's way. They're not afraid to go in where clearly the police in Uvalde County or Uvalde, Texas were scared to go. I mean, the police stood outside for 35 minutes tasering parents instead of storming the building. Where are the retired Marines? I guarantee you a retired Marine would not have stood outside. Why not that? Or here's one, and it boggles my mind. This one boggles my mind. Uh, You know, in, in my kid's school, there's one point of entry. There are lots and lots of points of exit. And people have been throwing this out on the right. Why can't we boost school safety and school design so that schools have one point of entry and multiple points of exit? And they're like, oh, the fire marshals, Chuck Schumer blasted this idea last night. said, I think fire marshals would say that's a bad idea. We're not saying there's only one way in and out, just one way in and multiple ways out even Congress, even the the, the Capitol is designed this way. There are designated points of entry and lots of exits. Every building in this country is designed this way, it seems, except schools. And in our building at WSB, my flagship station where I do my show, there are only one point of two points of entry, one through a security gate, one through the main room. And then to get through that main room, you got to go through security doors. It doesn't look like a prison. It doesn't feel like a prison. It doesn't operate like a prison. Sometimes you feel like you're working at a prison. No offense, y'all, management. (laughs) But you got multiple ways to get out of the building. You've got fire escapes. You've got doors. They can only be open from the inside. But you've got, if you're coming into the building, you can only get in through two ways. We can't put some money towards schools to do that? Really? Really? We can't strengthen and harden school doors and you have to have a buzzed entry to get in? We, we can't do that, really? Democrats refuse to even entertain the idea of anything other than gun control. These are solutions that would get 60 votes in the Senate. You got to have 60 votes in the Senate. You don't have 60 votes to take away everybody's guns. And that's all the left will say. Even now I'm pointing these things out on social media, they're just like, "No, we got to get rid of the guns. You're not going to get rid of the guns." You're not going to get rid of the guns. How do I how do you get through to people on the left who are so dogmatically insisted that the only solution is to get rid of the guns when you're not going to get rid of the guns? Even if you got rid of the guns, the only guns you would get rid of are from law-abiding citizens. And there remains an outstanding question on how this 18-year-old who was unemployed got the money to buy two rifles and all that ammunition. How did he get the money? Where did he get the money? The question is, do you want more dead kids or do you want to try to find a solution? What the Democrats want is a panacea. They want a cure-all. They want a 100% effective solution. Like, for example... They're pointing out, well, the good guys with guns didn't stop the bad guy with guns. You're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. The good guys with guns didn't stop the bad guys with guns until they did. But that's not the case in every case. In Parkland it was, and this it was. But that's not the case in every case. So if it's a solution that that works 80% of the time, should we not do it because it's not 100% of the time solution? But what about the guns, you say? Well, get me 60 votes in the Senate. Get me 60 votes in the Senate. You don't have them. So what can you do? And that's the the thing to try to get through to Democrats on is you have to have 60 votes in the United States Senate. Do you want a solution or do you want to get do you want the issue? If you want a solution, you have to come up with something that can get 60 votes in the Senate and gun control cannot. But, you know, the polling is bigger than this. The polling is more fraught. Harry Inton at CNN has this. Let me read you some of this. Why do Republicans refuse to act beyond the fact that many believe stricter gun control would not prevent mass shootings? A look at the data reveals there is simply no political pressure to do so while there are certainly some americans who want stricter gun control the public at large is far more split on the issue than a lot of commonly cited polling data would have you believe perhaps the best way to understand the public mindset on the gun control debate is to look at a gallup poll from earlier this year the survey asked a simple question and a follow-up are you satisfied with the nation's gun laws and if you're unsatisfied do you want stricter or looser gun laws This year, only 36% of Americans said they were dissatisfied and wanted stricter gun laws. 61% were either satisfied or dissatisfied because the laws were too strict or dissatisfied and wanted no change. Those numbers do shift somewhat year to year, but the dissatisfied and want stricter gun laws opinion is never the majority. I tell people all the time in politics when I was a political consultant, know when you're in the minority, even when you think you're right. And Democrats are in such a bubble in this with the press that they can only conceive of one solution. And this is what I'm talking about, intellectual inbreeding. The academic and intellectual foundations for so many of the democratic arguments are untested by reality and untempered by experience. They they come from academics. They aren't tested in the real world. They're in a bubble of coastal elites where no one ever disagrees. So they are never challenged on their ideas. And because they're never challenged on their ideas, they believe that they must be right when they are not right. The reality is most Americans don't actually want stricter gun laws. The reality is most Americans actually either like the gun laws that we have or want less gun laws. And you don't hear that from much of the media, which cites a lot of superficial polling without diving into what the voters actually mean. So what are you going to do? If you were to read my, my morning email, I, I've got these solutions here. You know, the Republicans offered up a multi million dollar proposal to beef up school security, strengthen doors, uh, reduce the number of access points and things like that, and the Democrats killed it because the Democrats only wanted gun control. The Republicans offered to pay for better training for school personnel, and police to respond to these sorts of crises. And the Democrats killed it. The Republicans have offered plenty of solutions and the Democrats have killed them all because they only want one thing, the thing that they don't have the votes to do. So I really must conclude that this is one of those situations where the Democrats are fine with the dead kids as long as they can use them as props in theater for politics. And I hate to be that crass and that cruel. But the reality is there are plenty of solutions. There are ways to mitigate the situation. And the Democrats have rejected every single one of them in favor of the one that cannot pass, that has no votes to pass, that will not pass, and is arguably unconstitutional, rounding up all the guns. Why? Why is that, Democrats? don't want this to be partisan, but I want you to understand there are proposals out there. There are real solutions. I'm sure the Democrats could get Republican votes on expanded mental health funding and treatment. They could get Republican votes on funding. I mean, for God's sakes, the Democrats love to spend money on infrastructure, spend money on the infrastructure of American schools, but they won't. In fact, they block several proposals. It leads me to conclude they want the issue. They want to campaign on the issue. They want to run on this issue. They want gun control as their issue. They've tried making Donald Trump the villain for 2022. They've tried making the January six people their villain. They've tried to make Republican members of Congress tied to Trump their villain. They've tried to make the Supreme Court their villain. They've tried to make the Dobbs case their villain. Now they'll try to make uh, gun owners and gun manufacturers and the so-called gun lobby their villain, and it will not work. And one of the reasons it won't work is because Americans are more concerned with the economy, but one of the reasons it won't work is because the Democrats have bought into this idea that most Americans want gun control when actually the data suggests that's not really true. And they run these superficial polls where people say they want more gun restrictions. And when you ask them about the actual proposed restrictions, a majority of Americans reject each one. So do you want to improve the situation and reduce the ability for someone to kill students in school? Or do you want to campaign on an issue for which you lack the votes and constitutional legal apparatus to implement? I'm talking now to those of you who are Democrats. Do you want gun control that will not happen? Or do you want to work on other proposals to save the lives of kids? And if you only want gun control, if that is your only issue, if that is the only way you can see to solve this problem, You're going to have many more school shootings than if you would start thinking about the issue in a different way. There are other issues you got to think about in a different way. You know, one of the issues that I've had to think about in an actual different way investing. For years and years, as long as I've been in radio, I have not wanted to even consider advertising precious metals because the economy was so good, I didn't think it was a a good investment for me or anyone else. And now we're suddenly in Jimmy Carter's economy. With 40-year high inflation, we've got interest rate hikes, we've got gas prices, grocery prices, everything going up, a lot of instability in the stock market. I actually just liquidated a significant portion of my portfolio today while there were some market gains there. Uh, that I could cash out on. If you got $50,000 in your IRA, your 401k, or other retirement savings, your money's at risk in the volatile market. And you may decide now, like so many people did the last time we had inflation this high, that physical gold and silver are good ways to help you minimize volatility in your portfolio. Call my friends at Goldco. Call 855-904-5933. They will send you a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings, and many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. So call my friends at Goldco. Their number 855-904-5933. Find out how you qualify for their special offer. They've been helping thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation, stock market crashes. They might be able to help you. Call them at least and see if they're a good fit. Uh, we haven't seen an economy like this since Jimmy Carter was president gold and silver might help you protect and grow your money. To call them if you want their toll free number, just text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, text it to 33777. Uh, That's Eric to 33777. I'll send you Gold Coast phone number, spend a few minutes with them, check out their offers, get their free wealth protection kit and see if they might be able to help bring some semblance of normalcy to your otherwise volatile retirement portfolio. You know, I, I, I got to tell you, it's, it's something that I comment on all the time. Uh, it, so let me just read you this tweet. Um, it's in response to one of mine. So my tweet is gun control will not happen, but Democrats are dismissing every other idea and only won't gun, want gun control. It can't pass the Senate. It won't pass the Senate. Time to think differently. So a a progressive from out in Portland, Oregon replies, what other ideas are there? Never heard of any. I mean, unless you're talking about having one door only at every school, which is just about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That is just another reminder. That, That response is another reminder of how the right understands the arguments of the left so much better than the left understands the arguments of the right. We understand the left's arguments better than they understand our arguments. It's striking that the guy really thinks we're talking about having just one door at every school. But he does. that That's what he thinks, that it's just uh, one door at every school. Now, one point of entry, multiple points of exit. It's just absolutely fascinating, um, the bubble that these people live in uh and, and now of course they um uh, you know charlie has this th- I, I retweeted this tweet i, I saw this tweet it's like I, I don't remember typing this but it's something i would say and oh my gosh it was charlie and i hate to give him credit for something i would say but he was replying that this this person on twitter who is this it's a blue check mark um author of kill switch a new york times editor's pick Works for We Demand Justice. Oh, the former deputy chief of staff of Harry Reid. Well, you know, my rule is never trust anyone who has their pronouns in their Twitter bio. And this guy has them. And he says, after mass shootings, conservatives are suddenly eager to re-engineer all of society rather than reduce the number of guns. And Sir Charlie re- replied to him and said, the left never has a grasp of the arguments of the right. The idea of the right suddenly became concerned with culture and the restoration of the family shows what a closed loop these people live in. It really, truly does. It really, truly does. They have no idea, no idea. Uh, When we come back, I've got, Cornelius, if you're listening to me, you should be because you're on hold. I want to come to your call out of the gate in the next hour. I don't have time to get to you at this moment. Uh, If you can hold on, I want to talk to you. The rest of you, we couldn't take phone calls because everyone who called in couldn't avoid profanity because they're so outraged and I understand, and I'm sympathetic, but we, we can't take your calls if you can't contain your rage on air. Um, and so we, I'm going to talk to Cornelius when we come back and then we got to move on to other topics.